I'm Lilith Black, and this is Ghost Town Killer, a search for my sister's murderer. Today, our community is under attack. Turning to regional news, a murder sent shockwaves through the mining town of Fort Macbeth in British Columbia today. The body of a grade school teacher was discovered in the nearby ghost town. With their police station closure pending, the timing couldn't be worse for the murder, a first for this small mining community. With a population of less than 1,000, the town has struggled with economic hardship. Fort Macbeth announced they are still closing the police detachment office due to a declining population and bad economic forecast. The closure is set two weeks away. I knew this was going to happen. Without the police to keep us safe, who is going to catch the killer? the ragged wilderness that surrounds Fort Macbeth. For generations, this place offered a promise of prosperity, which turned out to be a lie. There is a string of deserted company towns that went bust, forgotten to time. This part of British Columbia, Canada is called the Valley of Ghosts. Donovan McKenzie is the only police officer left in town. He wears a worn-out cowich and sweater, camo pants, and big black boots. His piercing blue eyes stare at me with disapproval. Here, finish filling these out. You might want to tone all that stuff down just a bit for the homicide detective. He doesn't know you like I do. I'm just telling you what I saw. Well, maybe you didn't see what you thought you saw. You know, it, it was dark, and you were in shock and all. All filled in. And thanks. I think I'm ready now. Okay. We're now starting the witness statement of Lilith Black, conducted by investigator Tadashi Hamamato from Vancouver Homicide. Also attending is me, Police Corporal McKenzie. Tadashi Hamamoto is an older, stern-looking man wearing a black suit and a thin tie. Your podcast is interesting. Oh, uh, are you a fan? You are good at telling stories. Why do you use an alias instead of your real name? Chelsea Summers is a weak name for a ghost expert, so I changed it. Hmm. That is a big ring. Yeah, a gift from my sister, Amanda. It has a healing crystal on it. Were you and your sister close? Yes, very. But you had been living away for a long time. Did you speak to her often? Well, I... as much as I could. We have her phone records, and her husband Rick said you vanished from Amanda's life without a trace. According to him, she was quite upset about you not returning her calls. He said that you never called. Does that sound like a very close relationship to you? I came back to reconnect with her. I loved my sister. Miss Black, what were you and your sister doing out in that abandoned hotel? Amanda was a medium. We went there to talk to a ghost of a serial killer, Agnes McPhee. She used to run that hotel from 1875 to 1885 and murdered traveling miners. And she did that to steal the miners' gold and sell their wives as slaves. 
The story goes that she was caught and committed suicide before she could be hung for her crimes. Yeah, that, that's right. Amanda made a connection with the spirit and then I went to go and get a new battery and heard a scream and when I got back to the hotel, I ran up to my sister and that's, that's when I saw all the blood and it was terrible and it was all my fault. What do you mean, your fault? Amanda didn't want to do the seance, and I forgot to remind her to do the protection prayer. We should have never invited a serial killer there. No, Agnes was a serial killer, and she's been dead for a hundred years. I saw a figure over my sister's body. It was... um... Miss Black. I saw something, then whoever it was vanished. Did you see the murderer? Could you make out who it was? Well, I think... Uh... It's really dark out there in Gold Creek. No, no lights or nothing. I don't think she can make anything out. Yeah, yeah, it was dark. Um... <clears throat> no. I couldn't make out who it was. Why did you look at Corporal McKenzie just now? What? I... I, I don't know. I don't know why she did that, sir. You have a lot to learn about the non-verbal cues of deception, Corporal. This is not the first time in this interview that Ms. Black has averted my gaze while answering. A classic tell. This investigation is a conflict of interest. What are you talking about? Corporal, you filled out Ms. Black's name and birthday on the witness form, but not the phone number or address. She did the rest. People tend to only remember the birthdays of those they care about. You don't know her contact information. This tells me you are no longer close. And Miss Black, you are wearing a ring on your wedding finger and you are not married. You want to appear unavailable. Who are you unavailable to? Perhaps to the corporal here. I would imagine that you two once had something, but Miss Black ghosted the corporal. She's an expert on that. Tadashi, just because you see it that way doesn't make it true. Corporal, please leave the room. I would like to speak to Miss Black alone. I find it a large coincidence that you return to Fort Macbeth on the very same day your sister is murdered. What are you implying? You admitted to being the one who took Amanda out to the abandoned town. It's the perfect location for a murder. No witnesses. Are you in financial trouble? I heard Amanda had helped you with money many times in the past. Did she say no this time? I did not kill my sister! There is something you are not telling me about that night. You saw something, didn't you? I saw... um... nothing. Nothing. I saw nothing. Hmm. Was your sister cheating on her husband? Uh, no. I don't think so. Okay. I'm ending this witness statement here. Miss Black, do not leave town. I am sure I will have further questions. Oh, and uh, one more thing. If you run, I will find you.
On my way out of the police detachment office, an overzealous coroner bursts into the room to give his report. I'm still in earshot. The coroner goes on to divulge some top-secret evidence about Amanda's autopsy. They notice me lingering. Tadashi tells me that I should keep the information a secret as a courtesy to the investigation. The police like to have what they call guilty knowledge, some information hidden that only the killer would know. I can't decide if I'm going to include it in this podcast or not. It's a big, scary discovery. When I heard it, I got chills. I go back to the roadside dive motel, where I rented a room. A glowing red vacancy sign stands above the rows of run-down, paint-chipped doors. Half of which are broken, or the locks don't work. The place looks straight out of a horror film. When in my room, I go to the bathroom and take a much-needed shower. There's a message written on the bathroom mirror. I didn't see until the steam revealed. It says, forget what you saw. Could the last occupant have written it? Or is it a threat from the killer? <sighs> I'm scared. I leave my motel room and go for a walk to clear my head. I only get a few minutes down the road. When from behind me, a truck comes barreling out of control. I jump out of the way, and the truck careens to a stop just in front of me. I walk up slowly to the truck. There's blood all over the truck bed, and there's what appears to be a dead body covered in a tarp. slowly approach the driver's side. What the hell? You were driving like a madman. I tried to be a good man for her, you know? But sometimes I failed. It's Rick behind the wheel of the truck. Amanda's husband. They were high school sweethearts. She's the only woman I ever wanted. You almost hit me back there. She's my wife. Why is there blood in the back of your truck? I'm sorry. Oh, just give me a minute. Rick gets out of the truck to show me. Talking to those cops really messed with my head. I didn't know what to do with myself. Rick pulls back the tarp to reveal... a dead animal. So you have to go and kill something? Oh dear. It's a bit on the small side. Oh, the hunt clears my head. We all grieve in our own ways. I don't want to go back to that scary motel, so I invite myself over the Ricks. He agrees and gives me a lift. On the drive, Rick calls a colleague at the mine. There are still tears on his face. Rick, how's it going? 
I heard you went to talk to police. Uh, hope you didn't rat me out. No, no, Ivan, I didn't let anything slip. I'm calling because I need a giant favor. I'm all out to giant favors today. All I've left is giant problems. You want one? Half price, but only because it's you. There's that Russian charm. I've got my own problem, Ivan. Now, something's come up and I'm not going to be around today. Everyone loves you at the mine. Yes, well, it's better to have a hundred friends than a hundred dollars. Everyone looks up to you, and I don't mean because you're a fucking giant. I need a giant favor. I don't know, Rick. My father always told me, don't make love to fire unless you have metal cock. <laughs> yeah. Not everyone has a police brother to get them out of trouble. Yeah, I'll get you the proof. <sighs> Sorry, I had to get this going or it's going to be too late. Life never waits. We pull up to Rick's house. Small, picture-perfect, on a quiet street where neighbors know each other. White fence and everything. Sorry, I gotta get this guy in the freezer before the meat spoils. Uh, it's fine. <clears throat> uh, how are things with the cops? Terrible. Oh, wait. You're keeping that stuff. Yeah, this was your sister. It was Amanda that told me we shouldn't be wasting the organs. He said we should honor the animal for its sacrifice. <laughs> I don't touch the stuff, but I have a friend who does. Liver. Heart. Kidneys. You want any? Uh, no. <clears throat> uh... That Tadashi guy talked to you? And why does Amanda have a different last name? Oh, that's strange around these parts, isn't it? Oh, screw that guy. If he wasn't a cop, I would have punched him in the face. They asked me if Amanda was seeing someone else. Now you aren't gonna fucking believe this. I didn't fucking believe that at first. Who was she seeing? In the fight with the union and management at the mines has been pretty full on, right? You heard old Mr. Fu died, yeah? I read that. Who was in charge now? Old man Fu had things figured out. But his kids, you know, little Lucy and jackass Gia? I thought the Fu's only had one daughter. Oh, their son got shipped off to, I don't know, boarding school or something in Hong Kong. He came back about a year ago when his old man was sick. I got a guy on the inside saying that the mine is for sale. And new owners is going to be bad news for our jobs. But what my guy fails to tell me is... My wife is cheating on me with the son. Gee, a fucking foo. Are you sure? <sighs> yeah, I followed her one night and she went back to the foo house. I saw the phone messages. It was happening. She never told me anything. He was trying to fuck with me? Make me break? Oh, well, it's not gonna work. I'm sorry, Rick. It doesn't sound like my sister. She got brainwashed by Gia. He made huge promises to her and did whatever he had to. Now, Gia took her away from me. You kill a fucking guy. When things are slow at the mine, Fort Macbeth is like a house that loses its foundation. The whole thing starts to fall apart. Crime is up in Fort Macbeth and unemployment is at an all-time high. Many are facing evictions and the coming winter is not going to be easy. Union leader Rick McKenzie is joining us to talk about the ongoing dispute. 
I want what is right for Fort Macbeth. We need these jobs or we're going to be a ghost town. Mine owners Gia and Lucy Fu say there is no reason for concern. The price of coal on the international market has taken a huge drop. Some of their demands are not realistic in today's economic climate. Gia and I grew up in this community, and we want to see it live and thrive. We need the miners to work with us to find a compromise. One thing we're not willing to give up is our jobs. We're not backing down because we have to keep our town alive. There you have it, folks. There's no end in sight for this labor dispute at Fort Macbeth's Marmot River Mine. I want to talk to Jia about my sister, so I drive out to the Fu family property. It's the only home with a gate in town. I say who I am, and I'm buzzed in. The driveway is long and tree-lined. The Fu home is palatial. It's a sprawling, single-story building designed by an architect and constructed in the 80s. The grounds are professionally kept. That looks like hard work. Oh, hey. You're Amanda Summer's sister, aren't you? I'm so sorry for your loss. Oh, I, I didn't mean to... Hey, it's okay. I'm just not much of a hugger. Lucy wears a toque, rayon zip-up, merino wool gloves, and a sturdy pair of winter hiking boots. Her cheeks are lit up red, and she goes back to chopping with ease. I thought you guys would have people for that. <laughs> My father taught me. <laughs> it's good exercise. And this way I appreciate the heat more having to work for it. And now I'm starting to sound like him. The hatchet looks new. Well, it looks pretty, doesn't it? <laughs> don't let it fool you. They don't make them like they used to. The damn thing is so dull. <laughs> is your brother around? If he's not having another meeting behind my back, then he should be inside. Go on in. I walk into the house and find Jia in what looks like a home office, wearing a pressed gray suit. He's looking over some papers. Excuse me, Mr. Fu? Which he quickly hides once noticing me. Who are you? I'm Lilith Black. Uh, and is that supposed to mean something to me? Are you a polite burglar who introduces herself? No, no, I'm a podcaster. Ah, a journalist. Uh, breaking and entering is a crime. <laughs> Your sister let me in. Of course she did. I'm the sister of Amanda Summers, that school teacher. I'm aware of who she is. I unfortunately know her husband rather well. There's a display of family heirlooms behind Jia in his office. Sitting among rare artifacts in the cabinet is... Amanda's compass. I found that compass one day when we were teenagers exploring Gold Creek. Amanda never asked for it, but I could see the way her eyes lit up when she saw it. It feels foreign to see it here. Did you know my sister? No, we have never met. I've spent much time in Hong Kong, and I do not make it a point to get close to any of my employees' wives. That old compass on the shelf behind you, that used to belong to my sister. Really? You must be mistaken. 
I'm sure I gave it to her on her 16th birthday. Well, there are a lot of compasses in the world. I assure you it's quite impossible that your sisters would end up here. Now, I, I think it's time for you to go. I have meetings to attend and I'm very busy. Were you dating my sister? Did Rick send you here? I have been very nice to him through all of this and he has never given me the same respect. If you want to talk with me again, contact my lawyer. Now get out. I return to the dive motel. I do some internet sleuthing and find a picture of Jia, Lucy, and Amanda together at a fancy party. I knew he was lying about not knowing Amanda. It's actually hard not to meet someone in Fort Macbeth. That was Amanda's compass. No doubt in my mind about it. Then I continue to work on this episode of the podcast. I'm in the middle of recording some voiceover and... My sister was brutally murdered. Take two. <clears throat> My sister was brutally murdered. <gasps> There's a sound coming from outside. I might have a visitor. Something keeps hitting my window. The curtains are drawn. I don't know what's out there. Hello? I'm going outside now to see. Hello? Ah! <coughs> Snowballs? Really? You stupid kids almost scared me to death! <laughs> I am too out of shape for this. Oh, they got away. door is open. I swear I closed it. Someone is inside my motel room. Hello? Who goes there? There's someone in the bathroom. Why are you following me? to de-stress. You got better since high school. Do you still play the drums? No. <laughs> I just played the go on those school band trips. You never went on any of those trips. <laughs> have you ever left Fort Macbeth? Soon I won't have a choice. I was only supposed to have a couple more days before the whole police station closes. 
I don't want your sister's case to get forgotten in the shuffle, Lilith. I really appreciate that. Look, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but we got evidence that strongly points towards a murder suspect. He tells me. Wow. I... I never would have guessed. Not in a million years. I didn't know my sister kept so many secrets from me. Don't tell Tadashi I talked to you. I don't want to risk him taking off the case. I just thought you needed to hear it so you can, you know, put your imagination to rest. You have to understand, I had every intention of not including Donovan's secret in this podcast, but the next morning, that secret was all over the news. Welcome to the highest rated show on the airwaves, Voice of Fort Macbeth. Today I want to expose a special conflict of interest between the management and union at the Marmot River Mine. The police homicide investigators think they have found the ghost town killer. The motive for the crime? A broken heart. A local mine labor dispute in Fort Macbeth just got personal. There have been allegations made against businesswoman and mine operator Lucy Fu. Vindictive Lucy was having a forbidden lesbian love affair with the wife of hard-working union leader Rick McKenna. Sources revealed that Amanda was having a secret love affair with the mine owner Lucy Fu, and that was cut short. Vindictive Lucy is jealous, angry, and wealthy, which means she is used to getting everything she wants. This is a dirty power move in the middle of this labor dispute. Hello? I told you not to... All that stuff was supposed to be confidential. Donovan, it wasn't me. I haven't even posted my podcast yet. The only person I talk to is you. Dashi is furious with me, and he's one scary dude. I didn't tell anyone, Donovan. I'm telling you the truth. I need to investigate my sister's murder. I need answers. Which brings me to that secret evidence I overheard in the police detachment office. The coroner spoke too soon to the police, before I had left, and I heard something I wasn't supposed to. This evidence suggests something far more sinister than a rich mine owner as the murderer. The truth wants to be free. I was with my sister the night of her murder. I didn't know you were in town. Frowny, it's been forever. What can I do to get you to stop calling me that? Stop looking like somebody died, Frowny. That somebody is going to be you if you don't stop. You know, people do wear their hoodies down. It's a thing. Here. See, you look less like a serial killer already. <laughs> Lilith, or whatever you go by these days, it's so good to see you. What brings you back to Fort McBee? It was time to come back and see you. No, really. Why are you here? What's wrong? <sighs> my podcast is not doing so hot, and if I don't get my numbers up, I'll be kicked off the platform. I'm so sorry. Come in. We need to calm any turbulence in your energy flow first. People don't realize how important that is before seeking your inner truth. You're going to love this. 
Amanda's holding a deep copper bowl. There's a matching baton inside of it. It's called a sound bath. Amanda runs the baton along the edge of the bowl. It sings. We're going to use sonic energy to center your being. Then we can figure out how to save your podcast. Amanda, stop. I already have a plan to save my podcast. I just need to make a hit episode, and I want you to be the star. (laughs) What? Are you joking? I want to share your special ability of communicating with the dead to the world. I don't know. Don't you think we're a bit old for that now? It would mean so much to me. It was kid stuff, Lilith. Your special gift is the whole reason why I started down this road. It is said that some people who are very evil and greedy as Agnes McVie was, stealing all of the gold from prospectors, taking their lives but also their dreams from them, those evil people can be cursed to be hungry ghosts. The folklore suggests that they have huge appetites for human flesh and are cursed to walk the earth forever, looking for victims to devour. This folklore is very old and stretches all over the world in most cultures in some form. I drive my old beater to Gold Creek, the neighboring ghost town. We enter what remains of the Wild West pioneer town and walk down a dirt road boxed in by false friends collapsing in on themselves. On the outskirts of this gold rush town is an old building said to be Agnes's murder hotel. In the basement is an old dungeon. This is so creepy. Too many ghosts of people who died here? No, it's the chains, bars, decay, and darkness. Do you remember that old compass we found down here? You found it. Why? Maybe the compass belonged to a victim of Agnes. We could use it to contact more ghosts. I don't have it with me. I left it with my uh, friend. Are you serious? I thought you loved that thing. My friend needed a special gift, and I'm just a really giving person. It's cold. Can we do this? Okay. I am making a sand circle with sand, where my sister Amanda will stand. Our beloved Agnes McVie, we bring you gifts from life into death. A gold watch. Commune with us, Agnes, and move among us. Are you okay? Agnes? Is that you? Cold Creek is drained of all life. Stay away. There's nothing in this town but hollow land and ashes. 
Why should we not come back? No more gold. I warn you, never come back. You are in danger. In danger of what, Agnes? You are Sit. in danger. Wake up. Wake up, Amanda. Never come back. threatened to kill us, and then she attacked me. It was awesome! I forgot to do the protection prayer. Be sure to stay out of the circle, in case Agnes comes back. She was pretty nasty tonight. Well, now you've jinxed it. These are the last words I will ever exchange with my sister. The batteries for my gear drained in the cold. I need to go down to get an extra one from the car. Amanda refuses to come with me. I leave her there in the dungeon of that hotel. When I'm down on my car, as soon as I have the new battery in my hands, I hear a scream. It's coming from the hotel. Snow is falling. Hard, tiny flakes that sting my face as I run. I reach the dungeon. In the distance, I can see a figure standing over my sister's body. I scream, and it vanishes. Supernatural events are often dismissed. Cold doorknobs? Just difference in air pressure. Whispers in the night are just your imagination. Flickering lights are faulty electrical cables. Now, as for the secret evidence. During the autopsy of my sister's mutilated corpse, it wasn't what the coroner found so much as what he did not find. All of Amanda's vital organs, her lungs, liver, kidneys, and heart, are all missing. As though someone, or something, has taken them. Or eaten them. I want to prove to you that my sister, Amanda, was murdered by a ghost.